0: what's good everybody it's your man the voice with the bearded wonder himself josh musu bringing you after where we talk about the week that was in mma uh, thank you! Big shout out to Track Stars for the ability to do this on the Track Stars Network. It's a state I man, the voice, uh, Mr. Musil, Josh Musil. What's going on, sir?
1: Not much, man. Don't have uh, any stormy weather today, so that's uh, already an improvement from last week. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that's right. No, uh, we don't have to worry about Mother Nature uh, possibly. Turning the lights out where you are, so that's a good thing, and not have to worry about the rumbling in the background. Though we didn't have to worry about it really uh last week either, because uh, whatever she was doing, we we didn't hear it. Yeah, good thing it was cranking before. <laughs> yeah, we uh, now here we had, and I'm uh just for all those listening, I'm here, and I'm in St. Louis, and my main man Josh is in. The middle of the bottom of the map in uh in Florida, so here we kept having these these uh just cloud bursts, and all it was doing was making it hotter. Oh my goodness it was, <laughs> it was terrible, absolutely terrible uh but hey, welcome to pre summer
1: <laughs> yes, that feels almost like full blown summer, <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: sure has. Well, if it was summer, we could talk about things heating up, and uh, things definitely were on fire last week, as far as MMA is concerned. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Um, You know, both of the major players were in full swing, and I, I have to say, and I'm you know, try my best to be unbiased, but had the better card uh, this weekend, at least from the main card standpoint. Um, yeah, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Only one unanimous decision, and that was an upset. I mean, yeah, it was just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful card all the way around. Not that uh, UFC Liverpool did not deliver, because it definitely had. A lot of uh highlights there as well and a lot of controversy. Um <laughs> so I'm I'm looking forward to getting into all of that. Uh but I know you were texting me, I was like, oh man, the main event for LFA. I was like, oh, I didn't catch LFA. So <laughs> tell tell me about the main event before we jump into um the majors.
1: Uh yeah the, the LFA forty I believe um it was kind of a, a big night for uh, Access TV I believe is their four hundredth event um it was really cool little yeah. tribute they had beforehand they had uh, uh, they got to show a lot of the a lot of the fights they showed uh, some highlights from Holly Holm when she was there and uh, Chris Cyborg um, Scott Coker popped on at one point during Bellator. Uh, one ninety nine. They must have caught up with him at some point there, and he actually had a little something to say. Uh, congratulations! So that was a really cool uh, bit that's,
0: that you, know, cool.
1: you got to check out. And in uh, but yes, the main event for the card had uh, quite a few finishes, um, but it, a lot of it was was kind of sloppier fights. Um, nothing that you know you could really write home about. Um, but it was saved by the main event and i know we were talking earlier and it was a unification of uh the title okay uh, so aguilar um i'm i could be wrong on this but i believe aguilar when he defended his belt the last time i think he broke his thumb had hand surgery or something with healing and so they had an interim uh fight and i always struggle with his name um Tom lee Yes, thank you, Th- Tan Lee. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Lee, <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, was the interim champion, so they, they brought this in to uh, unify the belt. And frankly, when the when the fight started, um, Lee was throwing some massive, massive kicks. Mm. Uh, I mean, anything that if it would have connected was going to put anybody to sleep. Mm. Uh, they, were, I don't know what Aguilar's. Uh, uh, training camp was, but he had he defended those spinning heel kicks uh, the way that everybody always wants you to. He would step into it and close the distance. So if he did catch it, he was catching it in the thigh.
0: Got gotcha. you. Um, and that's
1: actually how he ended up getting the knockout, and it was a massive knockout. Lee threw this m- just huge spinning heel kick, and Aguilar stepped into it. And ducked. It glanced right over, and he came up and caught him, I believe, with a right. And his legs kind of got, you know, a little noodly. And he, mm-hmm. he actually backed himself up and put his butt on the on the on the cage. Lee did. Um, and Aguilar came in and he threw two more punches. Landed with a massive left, and he just stiffened up. And then, unfortunately, the referee was not in good position. Um, Lee was very clearly out, but Aguilar had not been told to stop dropped uh, two I believe maybe three massive hammer fists um, before the referee got there but I mean it was a shot I know Aguilar was being looked at to get the uh, call up to UFC in his last fight but with the broken thumb and the surgery and not knowing a timetable um, it seemed like it never came and if he if anybody watched this fight, I would not be surprised to see if if Kevin Aguilar gets his uh, a call up into the UFC relatively sooner than
0: than later. Nice, nice. Now, uh, what class was this contested at? Or they uh, featherweight? Okay. Yes, yeah, it was the featherweight. That that's what I thought because I remember Tom Lee from a season of Tough, and he used, I believe, one of those spinning heel kicks to get his way into the house. Uh, so I I, uh, I kept my eye on him, and I knew that he won that interim belt a little while back. So uh, it was definitely something that was on the outer edges of my radar, not enough where I was going to be able to pick up on it, especially not last week because of
1: all yeah, the things I
0: was doing last week. But uh, glad to hear about it. Uh, I know that we can probably find some of those highlights uh, on the internet and I will try to find that so I can see it and we'll get it out. Hopefully if I can find it via Twitter, we'll get it out on Trackstar star sports so that the listeners can experience that as well. Now, one fight that I definitely got a chance to see. I'm, I had to record everything this week and I ne- didn't get to see anything live, but um, man, or let me say very little live, but man, man, man. E- All right, so wh- which one do you want to talk about first, Bellator or the UFC? Uh,
1: Probably UFC, because I agree with you. I thought the Bellator card as a whole was far better. Um, Definitely more to talk about. Uh as a whole card, whereas UFC, um, you know, definitely has its uh, its share of things to be discussed. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, why don't we work our way from the Curtain Jerker to the main event, seeing as the main event has the most talking points. So uh, Curtain Jerker was Darren Stewart, who was on a four-fight losing streak, defeating uh, Zabrinya Eric Spicely who I got a chance to meet when the UFC was here in St. Louis to kick off 2018 uh, got him out via TKO of punches in round two uh, Claudio Silva took out Nordin Taleb with a sub at 431 of round one the thing that was crazy to me about it because Taleb was doing really well in that fight and I forget what happened that uh, Silva got it to the ground or just yeah he did he got it to the ground he was the BJJ specialist Taleb was trying to keep it upright, Uh but he got it down to the ground got the rear naked choke um, but you I don't know if you're aware of this or not the fight didn't stop after uh hands were raised and and the post-fight speeches took place. Did you hear about what happened?
1: No, I did not hear about anything
0: further. Yeah, so they got into a little scuffle uh, or at least a verbal altercation at the host hotel after the fight. So uh, Taleb felt like the ref didn't do his job properly and he kind of stepped in to say something and when he did it caused Taleb to take a uh, a more relaxed position, which is what allowed Sylvia, Silva to get the choke in, so he was mad about all of that, and he uh, voiced that displeasure with Silva afterwards, and like I said, they got into a bit of a verbal uh, tete-a-tete. Hmm. Yeah. No, I did not hear that. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, Taleb was doing very well, uh, until he wasn't and for Silva to come in and do what he did after nearly four years out was really remarkable it was really remarkable because it was looking like oh yeah you've been out for a while and <laughs> this, this is gonna be your uh your fight to knock off the rust and then the next fight you'll really be yourself um and if the if that's the case then they need to really look out uh the welterweight division because uh Silva definitely found his groove and got it back and, and got the stoppage. Yes, yes he did. Yeah. Now the voices marquee matchup for the main card was Makwan Amir versus Jason. Mississippi <laughs> mean. Hick Diaz. Or <laughs> as is listed on his sheer dog page, the kid Knight. Um it was a split decision and I could get it because it was a very close fight. Um, you had one the it was a close fight, but the scores were crazy. So the one judge that gave it tonight <laughs> saw him winning every single round. It's like how could you do that? When yeah, he didn't, I mean, either. he didn't. Yeah. It's like he didn't win every round. Uh not at all. It's like what 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 were you looking at? You know, maybe uh maybe they got a judge from DeIberville and and uh he just didn't say he was from D. Iberville
1: <laughs> and wanted
0: to make sure that uh that the kid won. Um there was definitely some some uh, there was some questionable things about the judging because no one gave Jason Knight a 10-8 round. Um and it's, there was a lot of discussion about that. Uh, did you get a chance to see this fight?
1: Yes, I did get a chance to. Well, I watched most uh most of this card uh live. I okay. was stuck at work and it was raining all day, so I kind of I kind of had it on and was able to watch it on the phone and keep up
0: with it. That's <laughs> right cuz you you reached out to me while it was going on uh and said that we were gonna have to talk about the main event and i was like okay don't tell me anything i'm i'm in church yeah i didn't want to i didn't want to spoil it for you but yes as soon as
1: i watched i was like we have to talk about this
0: yeah um so as far as the decision was concerned one do you think round one was a 10-8 i
1: i absolutely thought that round one was a 10-8 um Honestly, I thought that the, the fight never should have made it out of the first round. I'm not entirely sure what what uh, Knight was doing because he had the two massive knockdowns. Mm-hmm. And instead of following up with any kind of ground and pound, he tried to slide into a submission Both on both of them. He mm-hmm. knocked him down and he tried to switch into, I believe he tried to get a guillotine the first time, and then he went even crazier. And on the second knockdown, I believe he tried to go I, I don't even remember, but he ended up somehow kind of like in a weird top mount triangle type position. That that yeah, you know, yeah, gave him yeah gave him time to catch his head. Had he followed up on the especially the first one where he was really hurt, if he just would have came in with some hammer fist, that fight's over. Because mm-hmm. I mean he, but instead you you rushed at him, you went for the guillotine, you missed it because you're sweaty and he's kind of loopy, and you ended up giving him time to recover. Then you stand back up and you. Crack them again, and you go right back to it. So yes, I thought 10-8 because there's definitely fight-ending moments. Um, obviously, the two knockdowns. I believe they said uh, something about if a third knockdown were to occur, that they they were gonna they were talking about a TKO. And uh, if if I heard correctly, I could be wrong on that one, but it was just I thought round one was a ten eight. I thought it could have been finished uh, it, yeah, in in the I,
0: first round. I agree, especially after the second knockdown, because he was just sitting there on top of him, It's like, "What are you doing? You, wh- wh- why are you just sitting there?" I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't, I did not understand it. Um, and really, from that perspective, um, if he has anyone to be upset with this himself for letting it go further and not. Um, not not going for everything now. I remember Knight saying that he wanted the card, or he wanted the fight to go all three rounds because he wanted to punish Amir Khani, But that didn't well. At least that uh that strategy did not pan out well for him. Nope. as going the distance and not finishing it in the first round cost him. Um, I mean I understand he that he dropped him twice and that it could have been a 10-8, but I wasn't. I think because of the way that he followed up on things, it kind of took away from the fact that there were two knockdowns in that round. Um, Yeah, so, I I mean, I I didn't score the 10-8 myself. I I scored it 10-9, but I'm not upset if anyone did, but no one did, and had that been done, it would have been a draw versus a win, uh, and that may have actually been a better outcome because it would have given um, given an opportunity for them to do it again. Which yes. I wouldn't be upset with seeing in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And for Jason Knight, this really uh, is bad for him because I want to say he was riding a three-fight losing streak heading into the fight which would mean that he's, he's either at three or four now. Like I said, I think he was riding a three-fight. It may have been a two. But He's had multiple, multiple losses in a row. Uh, Some of them have been stoppages. Others have been split decisions or decisions like these where he just didn't come out victorious. Uh, He is such an exciting fighter and such a colorful character that I don't (laughs) see the UFC cutting him. Uh, But he definitely needs to get a win and needs to do whatever it is that it takes to get that win in his next fight. All right. Three more fights on this card. We had Arnold Allen and Mads Burnell, And I have to be really honest because I was watching it. Um after the fact. After round one, i I fast forward through the fight. I didn't even know the um I didn't know the outcome until I saw I was like, wait a minute, it's always oh, got his hands up. Let me rewind back and see what happened. <laughs> oh, he got a submission. Oh, okay. Oh, very nice. Um, but it was just yeah, it was it was boring. It was boring. I mean, first round I think Allen did well, but then after that it was all Maz Brunel and had it not been for that uh submission, I think he would have lost the fight.
1: Yeah, it was actually um not to go back to, to L F A too much, but it was very reminiscent of mm. uh I can't remember what fight off the top of my head, but there was a fight there that uh the, the wrestler over pursued on the takedown and it was, I mean, it was just the same thing. And when he over pursued, cause it was so easy to get the takedown that, you know, those wrestlers, they, they don't pay as much attention. They're not worrying about their neck anymore. And that's what uh, Maz Burnell did. You know, he stuck that head in there cause he was just getting the takedown at ease and, you know, Alan happened to have his, you know, hook in the right spot. And when he realized he cinched that sucker down and, and, you know, ended up getting the, the, yeah, for the, the most exciting part of the fight, you know, that 10 second scramble of Brunel trying to get out of, right. the, of the front choke. But um, yeah, I agree with you. It was definitely one of those, like I started kind of doing other things right uh, while it was going on. And I'm like, man, this is just going to be one of those drag out three round you're going to win Probably unanimous decision, relatively boring fight, and then out of nowhere, you know
0: front yeah, choke, boom done yeah. <laughs> and it it was almost like a modified anaconda the way he had it because you know mm-hmm. he kind of took it in and then turned, but then wound up in the top, so yeah that that was uh that was interesting uh Neil Magny defeated Craig White via strikes in the first round as he was supposed to white though being a veteran of the European MMA scene uh, and making some noise and doing some different things there, specifically in cage warriors. Um, when taking on a, a fighter like Magny, especially on uh, short notice, I mean, Ma- Magny's difficult, whether it's short or long notice, because of his his frame and his ability. He's he's like the jack of all trades a master of none but it makes him very difficult to game plan for because he is, he's a great wrestler he has submissions but then he can also take you out with strikes as well so it, it, he's he's really really hard to game plan for because you don't know which way he's coming and, and he's not been very dominant or stood out in any of those specific disciplines uh, but he took him out via tko in round one and and got it done as he should
1: yeah and i know that was a, a big talk in the pregame shows uh the pregame i guess show is what you'd call it there um is, is one of the things they said you know a short notice you know being i believe he was he's the number nine ranked uh yeah, it was like nine right? or ten yeah yeah some,
0: he's somewhere
1: in there and you know that's what they were saying you know, don't you know, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a risky thing to always take a late notice, you know, uh, a swap, uh, because he, he, even if you give, you know, if the guy takes you three rounds, it starts to hurt your cred, you know, so to speak. Right. And he did everything that he uh, was supposed to do. I mean, White looked gigantic in that cage. Um, I mean, he just looked massive for some reason. And, uh, you know, Magny, you know, when he when he dropped him with that that I believe it was with a knee. Like just yes. to see that just to see his legs just kind of pull up and crumble. <laughs> I was like, man, that was that was he did exactly what he was supposed to. Put him away, you know, make it, you know, stamp put your stamp on it and say, Look, you know, I know I took it short notice, but that's
0: why I'm ranked where I'm ranked. Exactly. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yeah, And it's not like, and especially in preparing for the fight, just, you know, remembering some of the, the people that he's got on his ledger, Uh, you know, they are talking about Gastelum possibly being ready for a title shot. Well, it wasn't that long ago that Neil Magny defeated Gastelum. And that was a great fight uh, that they had. I feel like it was in Mexico. But, you know, that that wasn't that long ago. And he's also got some other great victories on his ledger, again, because of his personality and his lack of um, of anything specific to hang his hat on. It makes it really difficult for him as a fighter. He's just kind of, I'm out here and, and I'm going to, I am known for and I am the one who fights as often as possible. Uh, And that—that's what he's known for. That's what you can hang your hat on. So expect to see Neil Magny back in the cage sometime soon, especially uh, after that performance because he didn't take any damage whatsoever. Yeah, and ready to go.
1: And he called out uh, Usman, I believe, at the end. So yeah, he did. I'm kind of—I would like to see that. (laughs) I would. I don't know
0: that I would. Yeah, I I don't know. Because again, you don't know which way Magny's going to go. Can he knock people out? Yes. But that's not really his calling card either. And I mean, he wrestled. Neil Magny actually, which I didn't know about until watching one of his other fights. Neil Magny used to be coached by Tyron Woodley when uh, he was in college. Tyron was the wrestling coach for SIU Edwardsville, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, which is what, maybe about 15, 20 minutes away from where I live uh, here in St. Louis. So still in the St. Louis metro area, uh, but that's where he went to school and uh, he was there wrestling and Tyron was his coach. So it's not that he doesn't have wrestling, but he doesn't have uh, Nigerian Nightmare (laughs) Level wrestling, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. So, I mean, I, I really think that the winner of the main event will probably be next for uh, Usman unless Kobe Covington loses uh, in two weeks. If he loses, then they're going to make that fight because of they already have so much footage from the press conference of them going back and forth uh, that it would be it would be to 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 take something from Luke Thomas it would be promotional malpractice not to make that fight. Yeah. Yeah. So all right the, the, the fight that almost didn't happen and it happened and we still don't know what happened in the fight. We just know who won Darren Till versus steven Wonderboy thompson it was a chess match of chess matches and unfortunately for steven thompson it shows the uh the blueprint is out there on how to beat him and really unfortunately for him not only is it out there but the way to beat him is not something that's very uh fan-friendly you know, unless you are really into the technical side of the game and you're just paying close attention to, to everything. I heard people saying that had this been um, someone who was dominating via wrestling, like a Usman, that people would be less sympathetic to things. And I get it. And I understand why you're always on the edge of your seat, because at any moment someone can get knocked out or knocked down. So you, you always have that, that level of anticipation, whereas with something that's wrestle heavy, you know, it's going to, Oh, you know, you know, it's going to happen. They get taken down. They're going to keep them down for a while. Uh, and unless they're delivering consistent and devastating grounding pound, it's like, okay. All right. Yep. We hit them a couple of times. You're going to stand up and it's going to put them down. Again. <laughs> um, you know, and that, that gets old kind of quickly, unless you're doing it like uh, Bobby Lashley was. Oh, my goodness. His last fight, he was about slamming the guy through the cage when he was putting him down. Yes. You know, know, unless you're taking him for rides like that, then that that gets old super-duper quick. Uh, But, yeah, Darren Till got the win. How did you score the fight?
1: Uh, I had it... And I don't, unfortunately I left my, my scorecard. Uh, cause typically when it's five round fights, I like to kind of keep my own card cause it's just too hard to remember round one by the time you get, you know, 25 minutes in. Right. So I was marking it down and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I had the first two rounds Thompson and I didn't really think it was overly close. Um, just first two rounds were relatively boring. Uh, but Thompson was, was moving in and out. He was getting the strikes, um, You know, throwing the the kicks, doing the sprint attacks back and forth. Uh, The third round, I think, is where I had, like, a little – my first where it was really close. And the only reason I had it as close is for, like, the four and a half minutes Thompson was doing the same stuff as round one. Uh, At the end of the round, though, Till turned it on a little bit, threw a couple punches, like, in the last 30 seconds that I thought might, you know, resonate with the judges. You know, he ended – On top. So I kind of, I think I gave it to Thompson anyway, but I put a little question mark by it um, saying that that one could very easily go till just because of how he ended the round. Mm -hmm. Um, Round four, I have no idea how I judged that one. I really don't remember. I think I went Thompson as well because it kind of went back to the boring in and out. And then five, I think I gave to till for the knockdown, essentially, is what it came down to.
0: Yeah, it, it was kind of hard not to give till the fifth round for that. I gave till two and five. I gave one to um to Wonder Boy and then three and four to Wonder Boy. Um I just thought that he was doing more. Um uh, till and I I mean it was such a difficult <laughs> fight to uh judge because there wasn't much action. It was more posturing than anything else fainting trying to draw the other person out and neither person was taking the bait so it made it it um, it made it a difficult fight to judge like I said it, I felt like Wonderboy was doing more Till was coming forward but he wasn't doing anything uh, uh, the strikes were being landed by Thompson but because he was coming forward I think that played heavy on the minds of the judges then also there were a number of times that till threw punches but Thompson rolled with them so they really didn't connect you know if anything he got caught at the very end of the punch but it wasn't much but the fact that he threw it and Thompson's head went back so far to evade the punch caused the crowd to say Ooh, but it really wasn't anything and I, I think that had a lot to do with Till getting the nod as well. Um, what I meant to ask about was the fight before the fight, which was his fight with the the scale. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Uh, it, it's always kind of a one of the. It's a weird question because um, you know it's hard to give a, a straight answer, like one that just kind of covers everything i agree with most of the people get upset about it um that you know you miss weight uh especially and typically i don't get too bent out of like bent out of shape because i understand you know you got to travel you're you know i get that that takes a toll on your body by itself you know you're going to a different place but i mean when you're at home and you don't really have to do much i mean to me and you know you're getting this this honestly, this really great opportunity uh, to, to, you know, make a name for yourself and then to miss weight. Um, I, I like what Thompson did. I mean, that kind of shows his spirit. You know, he, he said, I want to keep the fight up. I think he just – he didn't even deal with it himself. He had management go in. Um, I thought that they did very, very well – they did very good in, in kind of making the, uh, the criterias that had to be met Um, where you couldn't weigh over so much the next day, you know, you couldn't put on a a ton of weight. I thought that was actually very smart. Um, I know, you know, Till kind of was throwing that out before the fight, you know, I think kind of just in case I lose, you know, Oh, it was so hard for me to stay under the 188.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. He, he was saying when they made that uh, ruling that he wasn't sure he was going to make it, uh, which that created a whole lot more drama and intrigue. And I was wondering if the fight was going to come off, uh, you know, fortunately it did or unfortunately, depending on how you look at the outcome.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. And that's why I texted you, man. As soon as I watched it, you know, I had a matter of fact, going back and kind of, and just walking through uh, the round by round, it was actually the, the second round that I had a question on. Um, and the th- third round I, I did have, Uh, Thompson as well. So it was the second and fifth. uh, The second being kind of that toss-up that you could have scored either way and it wouldn't have been a big deal. Um, But yeah, just as soon as they they announced it, and I think there was two 49s. I don't get that at all. I mean, I don't know what you... And I know what they're saying. I mean, matter of fact, I watched the post the uh, post-fight the postcard show on uh, with uh, Jimmy Smith and uh, Biz Bing And um, that's what they kept talking about. You know, we don't necessarily agree with it. We think that Thomas, you know, with our Thompson, I'm sorry, uh, had won it. But I, what the refs were or the judges were looking at was octagon control. And I disagree strongly with uh, not only the definition of octagon control in that fight, but the fact that just because you were standing in the middle makes it – because you can make the argument that Thompson had octagon control because of his style of fighting. He was, mm-hmm. he was allowing uh, Till to come forward to add the extra power to those strikes. He wanted him to continue to walk forward. And so as he would, he would come in just enough to antagonize, and then he would back back out. And to me, he owned the octagon. Because he knew where he was at all times. Yes, he was moving backwards, but that's his style. Um, Where There was times where Till didn't move his feet. He just stood still with a left hand loaded and wouldn't move his feet. And as Thompson would go left and right, he would only turn his upper body. And I'm like, because in my opinion, he was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And how you could look at that and say, well, because he's standing in the middle, that gives him octagon control, therefore the win. I mean that's crazy. Big John McCarthy said it himself on Twitter. He's like, if if you think that that's Octagon control and that, that somebody standing in the middle gives them the right to win the fight, then then I'm sorry that we have judges that believe that and don't actually know the sport. You know, and that's exactly how I was feeling. And to see you know Big John McCarthy of all people kind of saying that, I felt I felt a little more you know I felt vindicated on on that. Yeah, and I wasn't going crazy because I had a lot of people kind of argue with me. But well, what fight were you watching? Because <laughs> you know? I said I, I had it closer to the forty nine, uh, uh, with uh, Thompson, and, you know, and only, only losing the one round for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I as I was looking at some of the scorecards online, uh, a number of the other MMA pundits either had Thompson winning 48-47 like I did or had him winning 49-46 kind of like you were leaning um very few people saw the fight for till mm-hmm. you know but I get it it's hard to win a fight off of your back foot this is the reason why Goof Thompson did not win uh in the first match with um not first match it was his only match with John Jones is because it's hard to win when your back is on the cage, uh, judges don't, they don't see that favorably, uh, you know, but hey, it's a done deal now. Kind of like the same situation with Mackenzie Dern. I don't think it's right to move up in the rankings if you didn't make weight. That, that mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense. I think he got moved up to number two. It's like he didn't make welterweight. He was well over the welterweight limit, um, you know, and fought above the middleweight limit. So, you know, let's 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 be real uh on this thing and 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 real. Um again for for him, I think the fight really to make unless uh, Covington loses would be um uh Usman. And if Covington were to lose, I mean, if Covington were to win, then maybe fighting RDA would be a good fight, or uh, or Masvidal. I think RDA would be a better fight, though, because you know you do have someone who was a, a champion. You do have someone <laughs> who just came off of a championship fight. So I think the the rub there would be better uh, on both ends. So <laughs> it, it will put um, it put RDA back in title contention. Uh, and it would definitely thrust till into the title picture with a decisive victory. Yeah, I don't even
1: and I will be honest, I, I can't imagine that Till's gonna is gonna be able to stay in welterweight anyway. Um, I just I mean, they've just released his video all over Twitter yeah, of him I, I, Wade and the emergence. I haven't got a chance to watch it, but um, I would I'm curious as to how much longer he's going to even attempt to make that weight cuz I mean he he's a that's a big boy. Yeah. I mean Steven Steven Thompson was I mean after he put his weight back on said I'm I'm going to weigh well less than the 188 that that I'm requiring him to come in on mm-hmm. under because I walk around at like 186 like on a fat day, you know. Right. He's <laughs> like that's as like that's as big as I can get and I mean, just and you could tell. I mean, looking at the yeah, two of them. I mean, there's good. no doubt Till doesn't walk around at 200 pounds. Yeah, you know? he walks
0: around well over 200. I, I yeah, I want to say they said he had to lose about 40 pounds for the fight, and that's just, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's too much, especially when you know you got the fight coming. You you got to do better. Well, let's yeah. talk about the better of the cards, and we'll start off with the Voices marquee matchup uh, which was on the prelim so it was on the streams uh, thank you Bellator for making everything available after the fight was over I was able to, uh, I went and watched it again uh, just to refresh my memory of what happened, I mean I knew that Charlie Ward knocked out uh, Hudson in the first round with strikes but you know, just wanted to get a reminder. So again, salute to Bellator for making all those things available through their app. Went mm-hmm. to fights, scrolled over, got it, watched it, done deal. And I'm glad I did because it really was a, a, a intriguing fight. He now, Charlie Ward took on Martin Hudson, who came in on the shortest of notices. I want to say like 24 hour notice because uh, the original opponent. Louis King had the mumps I didn't even know people still got the mumps (laughs) yeah me neither (laughs) Yeah. so uh, Martin steps in uh, with this 4 and 4 record which is about right um, because I think going into the fight Charlie Ward was 4 and 3 so that you know that made sense Um, and Martin started off very well he got a takedown in. I mean it was only one round but he got a takedown early in the fight Worked for a rear naked choke, and it seemed like it was pretty deep. But he was high on his back, and uh, relentless was able to reverse position, and then he did just as his nickname said, and was relentless with the grounding pound until the referee stopped the fight. And that wasn't the only fight that got stopped due to some relentless grounding pound, but uh, the curtain jerker on Bellator 200. Phil Davis and Linton <clears throat> Vassell. Talk to me, man. Man, that was uh, – I'm a big fan
1: of, of Phil Davis. I like him a lot. and uh, But I also like Linton Vassell. So it was one of those uh, where I didn't care who won. You know, I, I just – I enjoy watching both fighters. They're both uh, uh, just fun to watch. I mean, I know Phil Davis can sometimes, if he gets into just more wrestling match, it's not always the, the most fun. But um, – when he does this kind of stuff where he's willing to stand and strike and then use his wrestling as a, like a supplement, he is at his best. Yeah. And um, I actually, in my, uh, in my notes that I have for it, I, I wrote simply that head kick. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was great. Cause uh, I want to say that, that I, I was watching it cause I didn't get a chance to watch Bellator live either. So I was watching the next day and, and my wife was cooking as I'm, I'm starting to watch it. And she goes, you know, dinner's ready. So I pause it. Seconds. I mean, like Phil Davis is loading up for the head kick and I pause it. I go and I eat, I come back. And as soon as I unpause it, he gets the knockout. And I'm like, if I'd have waited one more second, have- one more second, if I would have waited one more second, I would have been able to finish my notes on this one fight before I went to eat. And that's all I I wrote for my notes was just that head kick. That was, I mean, when he hit him, at first it looked, I mean, Vassell, I thought that dude was a champ because he stood there for a second like that didn't even hurt. And then he just Just kind of dipped on real slow, like a building falling down or something. And I was like, oh, man, that was, never mind. (laughs) And
0: And what's uh, what's crazy about that is Phil was setting that up from the beginning of the fight. He threw that like within the first minute of the round, but Vasal blocked it. Mm-hmm. He just caught him cleanly with that same technique at the end. And and it was all she wrote. Yeah. When when he fell, the way he fell, he just fell over in a, in a uh, heap and head straight down to the ground. Like, oh yeah, he, he's, he's done. He's done. I'm glad that Phil missed the follow-up strike because he didn't get yeah. more damage. No, not at all. Yeah. I'm I'm same there. Yeah. Now Kate Jackson pulled out the upset with the unanimous decision victory over Anastasia Yankova, 30 to 26 on two cards and 30 to 27 on the third. I mean, it, it was just a, a utter domination from, you know, Bell to Bell. Uh Kate Jackson was able to consistently get her down to the ground. And fish for submissions the whole time. Um, yeah, I mean it, it was a dominant victory for her. So salute to her. And it seems like with the exception mm-hmm. of the flyway champion Eliminale McFarland, all of the bruising Bellator beauties have uh, gotten blemishes on their records in Bellator. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see how things go. And and uh, McFarland fights at the end of this month. So yes. oh, not the, well the end of it, it's not quite this month yet, but the end Well, of, yeah, end of June.
1: Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. For me it's only twenty something minutes. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. twenty something minutes for you, about an hour and a half. You know, so <laughs> I I I yeah, I got you. Yeah, we're close enough. Close enough. By the time anyone hears this, the end of next of the month. So There you go. All right, uh, Mike Shipman and Carl Williams, man, man, what, what a knockout! I mean, you talk about hammer fists. I, I was uh, there's a one minute clip of the highlights, and that's just all I can remember is seeing Mike Shipman after dropping him, hitting him with those hammer fists, and just totally disconnecting him from reality. I mean, he punched his ticket to Sleepy Town a couple times. He was like, go to sleep. It, it was like, it was like a, um, um, who was that? Uh, Tony Stark in the Hulkbuster in no. Avengers Age of Ultron. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Go to sleep.
1: <laughs> yes, that
0: is very fitting to how that entire fight went. Yeah. And then, and then the voices marquee matchup, which did not disappoint in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Michael Venom Page and David Rickles. I, I'll just leave the floor to you. Just, just go ahead because I, 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 there's, yeah, I, yeah, just go ahead. <laughs> I, um,
1: yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, that, that, I mean, it was typical. Michael Page antics. Um, you know, it's definitely a risky style, and it's probably going to be at some point. You know, he's he's going to get clipped by somebody, but uh, so far, no one has figured out uh, really what to do. And Rickles, uh, who I was actually I was pulling for, Dave Rickles is a uh, is is a one of my favorite Bellator fighters, and um, I actually thought that hey, you know, he this might be one of the guys that's going to Gonna test him, you know. He's mm-hmm. he's a guy that just constantly is coming forward, do take shots left and right, and he's just one of those persistent fighters. I said if he can get him, you know, page up against the cage, and can just do Rickles things, um, this might become a fight. And I mean, I Rickles, I don't, I don't even know if he touched him. I don't know if he hit him once. And and <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it was. I, I don't, I don't either. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly cannot remember. Outside of maybe like a like a leg kick, a low leg kick that was probably checked anyway, I can't really imagine. I can't remember a single shot that he had landed, and it was just every single thing that Page threw was not just connecting, but was was a significant strike. I mean, everything his jab was just snapping his head back, snapping the head back. He'd come with the hook and just snapping his head. He'd throw the kicks, and I was like, what in the world? And, of course, you know, he was doing his dancing and stuff, too, and you could see it was frustrating Rickles, and, and he got caught with uh, with that hook, and, and it just I, – I forget. I don't know if John said it or, or, or uh, who said it, but Rickles' face just exploded. <laughs> right, right. And it was – that was an accurate definition.
0: I have no other way to put it. It
1: yeah, just
0: exploded. <laughs> what doesn't help is that. He didn't just get caught. He ran into it, mm-hmm. so he was coming in, and it just magnified the power with which Page threw the punch. And yeah, I mean, just boom—you saw the whole thing blow up, and that was it. It was like, okay, that's it, that's it. Yep, we we can call it. Don't don't <laughs> don't don't hit me anymore, ref. Don't let him hit me anymore. I'm done.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, it, it cool. sounded like somebody threw like you know slime at a wall i mean that sound that it made when he hit it it was like you knew he was hurt because you could just hear that hit and then you know uh of you know whatever like verbal submission or verbal tko i mean just to to see david rickles of all people a guy that's right that's known for taking a
0: beating and not really hey, caring man. that much just to yeah. turn around and say i'm done I, yeah, to, to, to make the cave to make a caveman say don't hit me anymore you yeah, there, there's nothing else to say. That's why I'm no. such a loss to words because yeah, it, it was it was crazy. Bring on Paul Daly, please, yeah, please, please get that fight made. Oh,
1: please do it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that right there, and, and not to get crazy and, and, and too hopeful on it, but if Paul Daly wants Wants that kind of fight, uh, a fight where you're going to stand and bang, and you've got your opportunity. This is it. If you can knock out Michael Page, man, you are. That's all people are going to talk about. Yep. You know that's that's his ticket to to you know to his last two fights, not necessarily going the way you know publicity wise that they should have, and you know he's kind of starting to to sour a little bit with the promotion. If you can go out there and you can have even if it's just a, a short fight and you can get the knockout or if you can drag that out and make it a, a brawl, man, every one of those, everything's forgiven. <laughs> right. <laughs> no
0: and it, problem. It definitely help him uh, in either closing out his career or whatever negotiations will take place for uh, his next contract. Yeah, that's, yes. that's definitely needed. All right. Well, the main event, went as most of us thought that it would as far as the victor uh, was concerned Uh, Gegard Musasi picks up yet another championship this time under the Bellator banner at 185 uh, beating Rafael Carvalho again like I said another ground and pound stoppage the thing that really stood out to me about this was, going into the fight, not a lot of people gave Carvalho a chance, nor did they give him a lot of credit. And he'd only lost one time. And that fight was in his first fight Yeah, his first fight, I think. Yeah. You know, that, that was his only loss before this one. He'd been undefeated since then. KOing a number of people. Been in there with you know, with, with people as far as Bellator is concerned, the best that Bellator has had to offer and got the title and has held on to the title. Uh, but he has the hold on it no more. It It is all the dream catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I
1: was a guy that uh, I was, I think I even said in the last show that, uh, you know, I feel Carvalho is just such an underrated champion. Um, he didn't really make me look so good after saying that, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll still stand by it. I still, I still believe that he was, you know, he's an underrated champion. I mean, if you're going to lose your belt to somebody, you know, Gagar Musasi is not a, not a bad name. You know, there's a lot of names on that list of of people that he's, he's stopped, hurt, submitted, whatever. And and you, you know, he, I think he posted on Twitter, um, a picture of all his belts and it was it's a pretty impressive collection right um, so i mean it's definitely not something you know it's a to look at. i feel bad that it's it's Carvalho who's already just overlooked as the champion um you know it just it, it's one of those things that stinks that it had to be him especially after i spoke up for him uh, i really thought that he he was able to bring something and uh he really he really just didn't he he kind of Almost looked shocked, you know, by it, and it, that's just the experience that uh, Masashi has, in, in my opinion. What sixty some fights, uh,
0: right? Yeah, as opposed well, to it, like, sixteen. <laughs> exactly. It, it could have been worse. He could have lost to Brandon Halsey, who's not even in Bellator anymore, mm-hmm. or he could have lost in his last fight with Alessio Sakara. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're gonna lose, losing to uh someone who has been a champion in strike force and dream, and before he left the u f c was a top five there and quite arguably could have been champion uh in the u f c as well yeah you you can't you can't um can't knock that you can't no. knock that yeah if you're gonna go down that's that's the that's the ship you wanna sink on <laughs> right All right. Well, next week we'll be back at it again uh, here with the aftermath and we will be talking about uh, UFC Utica, which takes place on Friday. So depending on when you are listening to this, this takes place on uh, Friday, June 1st. So uh, you'll either hear this before or after that fight takes place uh, there in Utica, uh, a uncommon match to be on a friday uh like this but hey i'm not mad at all we'll be talking about that as well as uh whatever we can for pfl one so uh four track star sports uh this has been aftermath where we talk about the week that was in major mma i am your uh co-host the voice with my main man, the bearded wonder, the bearded moose just the beard. I, I don't know, you can't use a beard because that's uh, that's hard. But that's James Harden, he, yeah. He, he's the beard, but you're the bearded wonder. I'll take it. All and right, wear it with pride. <laughs> All right, until next time, you're in the field with Trackstar Sports, and we out. we